Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Gosh, I'm glad to see you today. Got some great stuff because we got Dental Health Month coming up, and I want you to be in that headspace. I want you to be prepared. If you got something that you want your staff to listen to education-wise before you guys get into the dental fray, I want it to be this podcast. So I got some great stuff for you. I have my friend, the one and only Dr. Donnell Hansen. She is a board-certified veterinary dentist in Minnesota. She works at Blue Pearl Veterinary Partners up there. She is also the founder of the Four-Legged Tooth Fairy, which is a great online resource. I'll put a link down in the show notes for you to check it out. Um, Gang, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get a lot out of it. This is something that I see a lot when you flip that lip up and you see that resorptive lesion. Uh, I want to know what I'm talking about. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. And you know, when medicine marches on, gets better and better, I want to get better with it. I want you to get better with it as well. So that's what this episode is all about. Without further ado, Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Dr. Donnell Hansen, welcome back to the Cone of Shame. How are you? Hey, I'm great. We always have fun. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. All right. I have got a, uh, I got a case I would like to run past you. Is that okay? I'm all ready. All right, sweet. I have got a little lady cat. She is 13-year-old female spade domestic short hair named Abby, and she came in for her wellness uh annual wellness uh, exam. And when I looked at her mouth, she was so good, but I saw a little pink circular lesion on the outside of her lower third premolar. So toward the back of her mouth, I can look and I can see, and it's this small sort of circular pink spot. And my heart kind of sank, and I worry that she's got a resorptive lesion. And the reason my heart sort of sank she has got, uh, she's got kidney disease. She has a renal insufficiency that we've been managing. She's on a renal diet. She seems to be doing pretty well, uh, but she is still not, I don't like her as an anesthesia case. And I'm looking at this spot. The owners did not mention anything about pain and eating, things like that. I kind of poke at it with my big stupid fat finger and you know she doesn't really do a whole lot but she also just doesn't really like me messing with her mouth which I totally get and um and yeah so I'm looking at this case Donnell how do you treat that I was waiting for you to say that 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 sensation of doom when you looked in there and saw that yeah I did I was like oh no like it's it was one of those things that I like I'm like I'm not seeing this this is not if I look away and look back it will be gone but it wasn't gone cover your eyes yeah Exactly. Yeah, that's the curse of being a diligent veterinarian, right? Like for years, we didn't really look in the mouth all that much. And now that we do, it adds a whole new chapter of discussion on our wellness exams. Right, right. Well, of course, I mean, it's, you know, I, I have, and I'll just be totally candid and transparent. You know, I always have these internal battles immediately, which I'm like, this cat is, is sick. And I, you know, uh, and I don't want to do this procedure. And do I really need to do this? And, and can I conservatively manage this? And I'm just being honest about, you know, the immediate thoughts that pop into my head. And then what I need to combat those thoughts is, is knowledge, 
and experience and and good advice that I listen to and say, you know what, I'm doing the right thing, and I guess I'm going to do the right thing. And so help me do the right thing here and and walk me through this so that I can, one, I can know in my heart and so what exactly what I need to do, and then I can speak confidently to the pet owners uh, and, and, and have confidence that's going to get them to come along with, with what we what we need to have happen. I have this sort of inappropriate joke that, you know, we're teaching at Tooth Fairy, we'll say, Danelle sees pathology. You know, Danelle sees a bad tooth. Danelle treats bad tooth. Cat goes on to do well. At recheck, cat says, or owner, family says, wow, my cat's doing great. So the next time I see the bad tooth, I think, ooh, yeah, I get positive reinforcement. <laughs> and I joke that yeah. that cycle goes around and around and around. As, mm-hmm. you, as you invest in treating these kitties, even with kidney disease, it gives you more confidence for the next time because you know, holy crow, you know, that's got to hurt. Yeah. Right. I've seen that with dental radiographs. As you say that, that has been a big thing for me that I tell people about dental radiographs is because once you start using them and you start seeing things and then you start doing better dentistry, then you get better outcomes and you get more success stories and then you do more dental radiography. And it's just, I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that of do the good work and then you see the benefits of the good work and you'll want to do more of the good work. All right, help me here. So in these... In these cases, like where, you're, where you see that, that spot, you know, and you think about, okay, the truth is every single patient that we see in dentistry requires anesthesia, right? Every single one. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do our great care without anesthesia. And that's full anesthesia too, right? It's intubation, it's the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. So not only is that cost, but it's anesthesia worry and fear and your own anxiety when you're trying to navigate some of these cases. And in, in this case, of course, this cat has kidney, kidney disease. And some of our cats won't, some might have heart disease, who knows what they'll have, but there's all you know, often concurrent concerns in a lot of our patients. And so um, we kind of have to get, get comfortable with the notion that anesthesia is gonna be necessary regardless. And we can always find ways to navigate that. But with tooth resorption, um, you know, the bottom line is ouch, right? And if we're in the game of quality of life, mm-hmm. then this is, we have to treat these guys. And so sometimes I'll even show in, in you know, I, I cheat and I'll show a picture of a human with tooth resorption up on the screen and mm-hmm. the, the group or the room will go, ugh, and you can, you can feel it in your soul, right? Yeah. And then I'll say, oh, but this person has kidney disease. So now what are you gonna do, right? And of course the room will all say, well, it needs to be treated. Needs to be treated, yeah. regardless. And so we just have to get over that. Like, it, there's there's no out. There's very little anesthetic complication that provides me an out to doing good dental care. So we just find our way through that, and then we go forward with with treating the teeth. Gotcha. Okay. In this cat, of course, we can preload with fluids, interoperative fluids, post-op fluids. Uh, families can help at home if they're already doing fluids, but. Most cats, as they age, will get this kidney disease, and so most cats just have to be a little bit more thoughtful about how I approach them. But the treatment's the same. Yeah. Under anesthesia, take our dental films. Of course, you guys know this, or perhaps you should consider this when you make your estimates for these families. If you see that one, right, and you know it, you said it, it's the lower first, the first premolar you see, it's technically the third premolar, right? Right. It's that lower third premolar, that's the most commonly affected tooth. And so that's kind of like your sentinel tooth. I feel I feel so good that 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 is the one I was like this is the one we're going to talk about and you're like that's the most common one great that's good that's that's clinically that that's what I see when I look in these mouths like that's where it is and sometimes you'll just see that mound like you can almost see a little gingival mound happening there the tooth is gone but you see the mound Mm -hmm. you know that cat's had resorption so then your brain says okay there's a history of resorption this cat there's no way around it with that little mound that they have and so in my estimates I won't estimate for one tooth in Abbey with the little red dot. I'll yeah. estimate for, you know, if you want to be conservative, three, but in my estimates would be four to six. Whoa, okay, hold on. So I thought, so if you want to be conservative, th- if you see one, 
estimate for three if you want to be conservative. On average, then, if you see one, there's 3.1, which nobody has a 0.1 tooth. But on average, if there's one, there's three. That's just averages, of course, you wow. guys. But yeah, yeah, of course, which means half of them are, are more than that. <laughs> right, right. All right. I got I to gotta look at my estimates. Okay. Uh, no, that, that's, that's, you blew my mind. That is, that is good to know. Um, well, I don't want to get people in to – it's always a battle with industry, right? Like we always we – always, I always look at the estimates and go, oh, crap, this is a big estimate. And another way I go, this is what it is, and this is what it means to do a good job, and there is no doubt in my mind this is the right thing to do. And so um, I always talk when I talk about client communications and building trust and things, which is something I'm really passionate about. And you and I have talked about this before. This is all about trust, right? And a big part of trust is expectations and controlling expectations, which means I am much better off saying, I suspect we'll do four of these and hopefully it'll be just three or even hopefully just, you know, two would be less than that. But, uh, but I would much rather have that clear expectation than just say, we're just going to do the one and then get in there and call them and say, by the way, there's three more that we need to do. I, I, I think you're better off just being upfront. No one wants by the way calls. And none of right. us really want to be calling families while the pets under anesthesia, especially a cat right. with kidney disease, right? Yep. So uh, that, that's even that's even a better that's even a better point is yeah go ahead and make sure you're gonna have what you need because you want to get in there and get done that's a great point point. and if you don't use the extractions well then you're a hero right if you don't use the estimate to the capacity that you've created we all get to cheer and it's my favorite when I give clients money back like we have to give a, a down payment you know in our in our hospital mm-hmm. and when I get to refund their credit card I'm like that's my best day right? oh gosh yeah I feel so good but. I never want to surprise families, and I really don't want to have that conversation under anesthesia. So I'm preparing. If I see one, that's when I take the extra five minutes to discuss. Hey, there's probably more. Gosh, I can't see until I get my x-rays taken and do my probing. But boy, I don't want to be calling you while Abby's under anesthesia because we want to be efficient. So if it's okay with you, we have a relationship where you can trust them and do the right thing. Heck, if there's two, we'll do two. If there's four, we'll tackle them all at the same time. Won't that be handy to have it all done on one fell swoop? And then the client's expectation is, this person has my back. Mm -hmm. Abby's back. I'm cool with that. Versus calling and saying, oh, on side one, we found two. Oh, on side three, we found, or on side two, we found four. You know, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Cool. I got it. Okay. So be upfront. Where you see one, there's probably on average (laughs) 3.1 to be found. All right, cool. Uh, Set the expectations. uh, Plan to do some more. Plan to do dental radiographs across the board. Any tips, tricks, or hacks on actually doing the procedures, these extractions? Are these teeth more likely to break off? Are there things like that that I should know about as I start working with resorptive tooth lesions? I'm sure everyone sitting at home or in their cars on their on their commute are thinking, are there any tips about taking out tooth resorption? Yeah. And, and chuckling because cause that's like we all get so stressed thinking about cats and resorption and the word ankylosis keeps popping up. And I think this is a major source of genuine anxiety for our veterinarians, right? Not just like, oh, that's stressful, but genuine, oh my gosh, my day's going to be hosed because of this cat tooth. And yeah. it's overwhelming. Oh, I think about broken mandibles and like all sorts of horrible things. You know, I, I just, you know, I go, oh my gosh. All right, we got to do this. So here's the great thing for everyone to remember. And my fellow dentist might like reach the computer and smack me, but I don't want to say it's just a tooth, but it's just a tooth. <laughs> it's not a brain. You know, it's, it's all fixable if we make a mistake. No one's dying gotcha. if we make a mistake. That's not permission to go ahead and be willy-nilly. Of course, we all know mm-hmm. that, but we can breathe a little bit. It's going to be okay. So then with that in mind, here's the trick with resorption. And 
I don't even think it's a trick. It's just the nuance. When you're looking at your x-rays, and I like how you said we take x-rays across the board because this, you know, some of us aren't all doing full mouth films every time. And of course, we all argue that's the, the quote unquote right thing to do these days. But if you're not doing it all the time, this is a case where you really do want to do it all the time. Full mouth x-rays on cats with resorption. And when you're looking at your x-rays, we used to say this notion about well, if I can see the periodontal ligament, I have to extract it. If I can't see the periodontal ligament, I can crown amputate. And although y'all can't see me, I'm, I'm putting crown amputate in quotes because that's a word that we don't love. Okay. No one wants, yeah. you know, I used to teach to just take a burr, cut off the crown, buzz, buzz, close it up, right? Well, we were leaving a ton of root material in there that still had pulp, still had the potential for infection and pain. And that's not the kind of game we want to be in. Right. So what we want to do is look at the x-rays and say, Okay, can I see a different density between tooth and bone? Forget the ligament, forget that notion. All ligaments are kind of varied. So you can make the argument, you can't see it in all these teeth. Well, that's just not gonna do the trick. Can I see a difference in density between tooth and bone? And if I can, that's an extraction. And you're gonna get all of that area of density out. If it's a wash, and you guys have seen it where there's like almost ghost roots, there's no really root left. You can just kind of see that sort of moth-eaten pattern, but there's no root there. Then remove whatever tooth material is left that you can get access to, right? So there'll probably be a crown or a third of the root, and that's what we call, it's not a real term, you can't look it up, but a modified crown amputation, which is my way of just signaling to everybody, I didn't just cut the crown off, I took out everything that was available to me to take out, right? Mm -hmm. But I know there's probably some re resorbing root remnant someplace in there, microscopically or whatever, but all accessible tooth material has been removed, and that's the goal. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, let me say it back to you. Um, so, essentially, uh, don't, don't freak out. It's, it's just a tooth. We are going to uh, do our best. We are going to make sure that we do uh, take out everything that we can take out. And we are going to go forward from there. Uh, worst case, even if there are some, some things that are left, uh, we will probably be fine. And if you take, you know, do your extraction or your or your modified crown if you will, take a post-op film, and if you still see a density of tooth material in there, that's still something for you to go get, right? Right. But if when you take your post-op film, it's sort of a wash of bone and, and resorbed tooth material, that's okay. Okay, cool. And know in your heart, these teeth are going to break. Right. I think we have this notion that, oh, if a root breaks, that was a failure on my behalf. Oh my goodness, I break teeth all the time, all day long. Well, right? the resorptive lesions tend to sit right there at the, you know, at the top of the root, you know, uh, at the gum line. And it's just the easiest thing in the world, in my experience, to, to, to break it right there, yeah. you know. And I, I sweat and I do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so easy to, to break that root. And I have the same thing. I go, oh crap, now I have to dig this, dig this thing out. And I feel... I feel like I, yeah, I, I feel like a less than veterinarian because I couldn't produce the beautiful thing like, ta-da, there it is. You right. know? So if, if it feels really, and obviously, exactly, I love your point about the, the radiographs. Like, obviously, I'm, we're not leaving things in it that we can, that we, that we can do something about, but it's really good to hear that when you do your radiographs and it's all kind of the haze and the gray and you feel like, I'm pretty sure I got, I'm pretty sure I got it all, uh, that, that that's an okay headspace to be in. And that's not, you know, that's not, that's not failure. And ongoing radiographic monitoring is indicated, you know, these are cat, aren't cats we just do one time and be done. We, and we put in our notes, you know, got to recheck every year, keep up with care. These guys can do great. Perfect.
Well, that is super helpful. Are there any um, any final pitfalls we haven't talked about uh, that we need to look out for? Any last pearls of advice that you have for me? Yeah, in, in this case and in, in any extraction, as, as you guys already know, if you feel your body being tense, your extractions aren't going to go the way you want them to. So you got to find a headspace and a physical, like literally your ergonomics, right, where you're comfortable. And if you find yourself using muscles or digging, in my heart, and I, we, again, jokingly make folks take an oath whenever we're having a lab that says, I will not dig. I am a good veterinarian. I will not dig. I will not dig for tooth roots. I will not dig for tooth roots. I will see them and extract them. So if you dig, things go where they don't belong. So gotcha. make, make it a point to learn how to identify roots. And that can be such an anxiety-leaving resource when you can figure out how to do that. Because digging is where we all get into trouble. So just take your time. Oh, yeah. Time's okay. You can take time. And you'll get there. That's awesome. I uh, and I love I love your point on ergonomics. I uh, I have to make sure that my shoulder blades don't creep up to my earlobes and uh, just get those back down and uh, and relax. But you know, you get in there and you got your little tools. And my again, my shoulders are up in my ears, and I'm and I am uh, working and just uh, a moment to relax makes all the difference in the world. Daniel, thank you so so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and your help, and for uh, and for thanks for the confidence. I always uh, it always means a lot. Ditto. Thanks for including me. It really is my honor. And that's our episode. That's what we got for you today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I always enjoy Donnell. She's amazing. She's fantastic. I just, I love her energy and her positivity and her knowledge. So thank you to Donnell for being here. Guys, if you got something out of the podcast, uh, please do all the things that people ask you to do on podcasts. Uh, subscribe. Uh, rate on iTunes is a big thing. That's how people find us. It's, um, yeah, it, it means a lot to me. I love the feedback there. If there's uh, things that you would like to learn about, uh, topics you'd like to uh, to tackle here on the Cone of Shame, shoot me an email. The email address is podcast at drandyrourke.com. That's podcast at drandyrourke.com. And I would love to hear your input. All right. Take care, gang. Be well.